0: amen wonderful thank you matt for leading us in worship this morning and for those who have served it's so wonderful to see everyone here this morning thank you for being here some of you traveling from out of town some uh, visiting from close by and we're so very glad to have you with us we hope you feel welcome and are blessed by our time together today we're so uh, very glad to have those of you who are members here who are always here and we appreciate your presence and your fellowship and your devotion to God so very much, as well as those who join us online. We're thankful for those folks, and we want you to know that we're always here for you as well if we can serve you in any way. A friend of mine uh, attended Oklahoma Christian University. He uh, went there soon after becoming a Christian. His family had uh... not really been christian as dad was but had uh... not been faithful so in essence they did not grow up in a christian home until later in life and the dad uh... began to uh... find his faith again and serve god again And the the family started changing and living for god and soon my friend uh... became a christian before going to college while he was at oklahoma christian he walked on and played two years of basketball and during uh, scrimmages, the daily scrimmages, his job, his assignment was to guard their best point guard during scrimmages. And he said that it was very frustrating because he was so good. He said, I, I, I couldn't even keep up. It was extremely frustrating. And he found that one of the things he had uh, held on to and not, not let go of very well. From the time before he was a Christian, a lot in his life had changed, but he still had the bad habit of cussing. And so while he was uh, guarding this point guard during scrimmages, he would find himself so irritated and frustrated because it was so difficult, he would start cussing under his breath, thinking no one heard it. It was just an old habit that he couldn't get rid of yet, and he would start cussing. Well, after his faith grew... In college, he began to uh, want to pursue ministry, and he also wanted to share his faith with his friends. And he thought, well, who's who's better to go to first to share my faith with than the guy I I guard every day during scrimmages? And so he began to talk to his friend outside the locker room, but it didn't go too well. Right after he started talking and beginning to share his faith with this point guard that he had guarded every day, he stopped him and he said, wait a second, hold up. Who are you to talk to me about your faith? I hear what you say every day. Why should I listen to you say anything about your faith? My friend learned a valuable lesson that day, that if people don't respect our example they're probably not going to listen to our message. If people don't respect our example, they're probably not going to listen to our message. And if they do, we've sincerely, seriously hurt ourselves. We've hindered ourselves from our message coming across when our example doesn't match up. Of course, we're not perfect. I wish everybody could be in the class and had been in the class this morning and in this new series because it matches so well with what we're studying in this Uh, sermon series about being holy. So what can we do to be what God needs us to be to do his work? What can we do to be? How can we be what God needs us to be? So I want to quickly look at five different metaphors today. Some will be familiar, might be more familiar than others, but we'll run through those and see how they can help us be what God needs us to be. In this world the first we want to look at is one that is in the Beatitudes turn to Matthew chapter 5 and the first one simply is we need to be salt we need to be salt of this earth Jesus said in Matthew five thirteen, you are the salt of the earth he says to his disciples but if salt has lost its taste how shall its saltiness be restored it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. So Jesus said, those who follow me, those who are my disciples, need to live as salt in this world. And we know some things about salt. Salt is noticeable, isn't it? We notice it. We notice salt's presence, don't we? And you may have a favorite food that you put salt on. I remember when I was in middle school and would go often to uh, the Broadway congregation with my friend Lance Tyndall during the summer because on Sunday nights, they would either do sandwich supper or watermelon supper, and both were awesome. And that's when I f- had the first experience of during our watermelon supper, getting that big old piece of watermelon, and I didn't know at first why they had salt shakers on the tables. And so my friend Lance said, Uh, He said, sprinkle some salt on there. I'd never tried that before. And I tried it, and I thought, hey, that's pretty good. And I liked it that way for a while. And we notice when salt is there, it makes a difference, doesn't, doesn't it? We notice salt's presence. We also notice salt's absence, don't we? when you are used to putting salt on maybe those mashed potatoes or that food that corn or prob it prob- seems to be like always a vegetable right we got to do something to make this you know uh, palatable but when when you're used to putting salt on something and then for whatever reason it didn't get any salt on it and you take a big bite a big mouthful you notice It tastes different. It tastes more bland. That that taste you're used to is not there. Why? Because salt is noticeable. Christians are to be making a noticeable difference in our world. Our example, our influence ought to make people thirst for Christ. And we are to make a noticeable difference in the world. Look at what Jesus talked about in Luke 14, verses 34 and 35. He talked about salt again. He says salt is good, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is of no use either for the soil or the manure pile. He's getting pretty specific, isn't he? He said if it lo- loses its saltiness, it's not worth using. You can't use it for anything. You can't use it in the. Uh, you can't use it in the soil, and you can't even use it in the manure pile it is thrown away and then Jesus says he who has ears let him hear what does Jesus mean by that he who has ears let him hear well because Jesus was saying something and that's how he told parables so that those who were tuned into him would get it and those that weren't wouldn't realize what he was saying And so, if you back up to verses uh, 25 through 33 of Luke 14, we find that Jesus had been teaching about the cost of discipleship. He had been teaching that uh, being a Christian means carrying your own cross. And he says, he was saying it means renouncing all to follow Jesus, even prioritizing Jesus over Mama over daddy, over what grandmama taught you, over family tradition, over everything else. Jesus said, when you are a follower of me, it costs you everything because that means following me before everything else. You see, being a Christian doesn't work around my preferences and and my convenience, how I feel, what I wish, what I want to do. It doesn't revolve around that. Christianity is not always... Convenient, and Jesus is saying, if we forget that, then we become unsalty. And He says, you can't be a disciple. You're not being a disciple if you're not salty. A second metaphor Jesus uses right there, starting in the next verse, verses fourteen through sixteen of Matthew five, He tells us to be light. See, Jesus is saying that His disciples have the light of the kingdom within them. And that light is supposed to shine out of us for others to see. And how does it shine out of us? Through our good works. We be light by letting the light of the kingdom that's in us when we obey the gospel, the light of Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the what? I'm the light. And He said, when that light shines out of you then people see it. And that will help people bring glory to God when they follow Jesus because of your example of following Jesus. I read about the one-way missionaries. Have you ever heard of them, the one-way missionaries? They were around in the early 1900s. And they were called that because they would determine where they were going to go to evangelize, to share about Jesus... And they would pack all of their belongings not in a suitcase but in a coffin because they had no plans of returning. They were going to a location to tell people about Jesus, a remote location where people had uh, maybe not been before or maybe they needed more people there and they made no plans to return. Whether it cost them their life in a hostile situation or they lived there the rest of their life. They were not coming back. They were going there with a one-way ticket to tell others about Jesus. One of them was a man named A.W. Named Milne, and he chose to go among the headhunter tribe. He's no longer there, but uh, they're no longer headhunters, thankfully, but they were in the new Hebrides Islands in the South Pacific. Every other missionary that had been there before had been killed by them. No one had gone there and been successful, and that's where he chose to go. He went anyways, but Milne spent 50 years there among them. They accepted him, and he taught them about the Bible. He taught them Jesus. They accepted him in there, and he lived 50 years. He died of natural causes. And when he passed away, they buried him in town, and they put a marker, a tombstone, a marker there at his grave, And it said this on the screen. When he came, there was no light. When he left, there was no darkness. Jesus is telling his disciples, be light wherever you go. Is your life lighting up with the light of Christ in you? Is it lighting up wherever you go? And it's noticeable when you're no longer there. Another metaphor is we need to be leavened. Jesus said in Luke 13, 20 and 21, and again he said, to what shall I compare the kingdom of God? It is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it was all leavened. What is Jesus saying? That doesn't always immediately makes sense to us, but leaven is the substance like yeast that we put in dough to make it rise, right? I remember when my mom made homemade bread when we lived here in During my high school years, she got on a kick of making homemade bread, not even in a bread machine, but from scratch. And I remember seeing it in the oven, put it in those bread pans, and it would rise. And if she left it too long, we thought it was funny. It'd spill all over the place. But you'd smell that homemade fresh bread cooking throughout the house. Jesus is saying that... We are to be leavened. See, that leaven, that yeast, it expands that dough. Our influence, wherever we go, should be expanding. It should be making a difference. It should be filling a space wherever we go in our work, in our, in our friend group, in our, in our youth group. When we go on a trip... In our, in our school, on our team, in our community uh, activity that we're a part of, in our sports. Whatever we do, our influence is to be spreading and growing and expanding like leaven does in bread. Another metaphor that Jesus uses is to be a letter. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 2 and 3, Paul wrote to the Corinthian church saying, You yourselves are our letter... Of recommendation, written on our hearts to be known and read by all. And you show that you are a letter from Christ delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Many people like to read biographies autobiographies, they like to read stories about people, their real life stories, or maybe, you, maybe you've resorted to just watching them on TV now, but we like stories about people and their lives and how they grew up, how did they get where they're going, the things they went through, and Jesus is saying the Bible is showing us that your life is, is a book to be read. And the, the question for us is when people read the pages of our life, what do they learn about us? Do the pages of our life, does the story of our life point people to Jesus? You see, when they read the the pages in our book, they're going to read about the ups and the downs, aren't they? They're going to read about the bumps and the bruises and the the hurts and the breaks. They're going to read about the good times and the not-so-good times. But through it all, as they continue to turn the pages of our book of our life, do they see that through all of that we are faithful to Jesus and our faith has remained strong in Him. In fact, as they turn and they see different things happen throughout our life, they see our faith in Christ and our devotion to Christ only get stronger. Is that what they read when they read the pages of our lives? Actions, we say, speak what? louder than words when they see how we live when they read about us so to speak does that match up with what we say what we claim or are we being what god would have us to be you know some p- people have every right to expect that if we claim to live for christ that we live according to the standards of christ don't they have every right to expect that if we're going to talk about it that we ought to live it we ought to walk the walk, and of course we're not perfect, but do they see us continue to strive, to see us to turn it around, to, to apologize, to repent, to make things right, to get better and better, to be a more and more devoted follower of Jesus? When, when they don't see our lifestyle and our words match up, they call, it, call us a hypocrite. And so Jesus is calling us to be a letter, a letter that points people to him, The final, the fifth metaphor that we want to look at that help us to be what God wants us to be in this world is to be an ambassador. We know that a political ambassador is someone that works uh, for their home country in a foreign land for the interest and the mission Of their home country and they navigate things in that foreign land they they take care of business in that foreign land they advocate for their country and they help keep the peace and they do different things for the mission and the purpose of and the sake of their homeland another type of ambassador that we're more familiar with nowadays is a brand ambassador if you heard of that, uh, what is a brand ambassador? If you don't know, they, they work for a, a brand, a company, maybe it's temporary, and they are doing different things to, to get the word out, to advertise about this brand to boost awareness and boost sales. They may hire college students to stand on corners or go into malls and and do uh, things on social media to post uh, things of their brand that they're wearing or the cologne they're using or the shoes or whatever it might be. They're advocating for that brand to boost awareness. That's what an ambassador does. And the Bible says that Christians are also ambassadors but ambassadors for Christ. We represent our Savior from our heavenly home. This world is not your home. I'm just a passing through, we sing. And Peter wrote about that. We're aliens and strangers. This isn't our home. We get used to it and we get comfortable, but heaven is our home. And and, and we're supposed to be ambassadors advocating for our home the mission of our home life, the mission of our king, the mission of our master in this foreign world, to build awareness for him and to pursue his interests and his mission. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 20, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself, brought us back into a relationship with him by dealing with sin in Christ, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse number 19, that is, In Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal Through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. See, when you become a Christian, you're handed a mission. You're handed a mission and a message. And your mission and your message is to go represent God in this foreign land, to do His will, to do His work, pursue His goals, His interests, and to tell others what the message is. We're to be bringing others to Christ as an ambassador. Author Oz Guinness wrote this charge against Christians in one of his books on the modern church. It's not that they aren't where they should be, but they aren't what they should be where they are. Isn't that a powerful statement? It convicts us. And it also gives us clarity because it convicts us because we realize we've all fallen short. And and I know I've blown it in that area over and over again where I've not been what I've been supposed to be, where I am, where God is. I've not been the person God wanted me to be in that moment, in that situation but it also clarifies things for us because it lets us know that we've got an aim, we've got a target, that we're supposed to be something for God. And it reminds us, I've got to be what God wants me to be as His follower, as a child of God, wherever He places me in life. Some of you have been here all of your lives. Some of you came back. Some of you are new here. Some of you uh, will move away and maybe never come back. And new people will move here. Wherever God places his children, we're to be what he would have us to be. We're to be a salt. We're to be light. We're to be a letter. We're to be leaven. We're to be ambassadors. All for the glory of God wherever he places us. Are you living like that? Are you being what God would have you to be wherever he's placed you? Do you need prayers to help you be that person, to be those metaphors that Christ has given us, that God's Word has given us? Maybe you say, I'm ready to start my relationship with Jesus, and I'm ready to put on Christ in baptism like Malia did last week. said, I'm ready, stop the chariot, pull the reins and stop the horse, because I see water, and I know what this means, and I'm ready to give my life to Christ maybe you've been cut to the heart and you're ready to start that journey with Jesus or maybe you need prayers to get back on the journey to get back on the trail of living for him in this world if we can help you in any way this morning we invite you to come forward as we stand and sing all things are ready come on.